In today's episode, I am chatting with Katie Russler. She is a licensed counselor and grief healer, and we get into what exactly that means to be a grief healer. And it's a really fascinating conversation because we talk about grief, but not in the way that you would normally think of grief when it's connected to death. You know, it's more about the grieving process in a sense of loss or trauma or suffering and how even what we're going through right now in the pandemic, we are grieving the lifestyle we had before, the amenities we used to have access to, the change in our kids' life lifestyle. So it's really interesting. And she helps us understand about how you can process that type of grief just as you would as if you had had a, a loss of someone important to you. And the important things you can do to take care of yourself in this time of grieving. So I really hope you enjoy. She is such a wealth of wisdom. It was a really great chat. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. In each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Katie, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. All right. Can you please start by introducing yourself and who you're a mom to, where you live, all of the things? Yes. So I'm I'm Katie Russler. I'm a licensed counselor and grief healer, and I'm American, but I live in Munich, Germany. I'm married to German. Amazing. And uh, we started in the states together, and then we we both had an agreement that we would try both countries. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So I have a, a six year old daughter who just started first grade. I have a three and a half year old who wants to be six already, and I'm pregnant <laughs> with our third daughter. Doing oh wow! Yes. So oh my goodness! A, a, the fun stage of grade school, kindergarten, and then another one on the all way. the stages. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you said something that I, this I think will lead us into what we're going to chat about today. You said that you are a grief healer, and I would like to know what that means. So, a grief healer is somebody who, and the way I take it, it's I don't focus just on grief because of death and loss. I take it also because of life challenges, because often grief comes up when we experience any form of loss or change. Mm -hmm. And so, what I do is, I do the talk therapy part of it as a counselor, but I also get you back in tune with your body and the emotions and the energy that's moving through us. I mean, we all sort of feel when we walk into a room and there's some tension in there, we feel that energy or within ourselves when we know we need to have a difficult conversation, we feel mm. that kind of rumbling of the thunder within us. And so I help people to kind of see where they feel stuck in their grief, or a lot of people like to to describe grief as suffering. So I, mm. I explore with them, where are they suffering? Because often we're storing it within ourselves. And once we kind of figure out how to get that moving again, I do that through guided meditations. Then mm. they start to go, oh, wow. Like they allow themselves to cry again or to express things in a different way because they finally let go of what was holding them back from really experiencing the grief. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's fascinating to think about it as suffering versus what we would typically define grief as, as in a sense of loss or typically connected to death. Right. But you can grieve over so many things. It could be a friendship that has fallen apart, or it could be a change in lifestyle, or, you know, it could be so many things that when you put it in as suffering, it sort of, it takes away the death connection a little bit and it sort of opens up to, oh, but then, sorry, I'm on a bit of a tangent, but then (laughs) when you think about it, like what we are experiencing right now in the middle of the pandemic, I think, is grief. And I don't think it's actually being referred to as such, but we are all experiencing a loss of a lifestyle, you know, access to amenities and things that, you know, going to the theater or going to the restaurant, a restaurant regularly and things like that, that if you don't recognize it as grief and sort of think about it in, I don't know if we, you practice the sort of seven stages of grief or whatever, but if you don't think about it that way, you just sort of get stuck and wonder why you feel so bad. Right. 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 I mean, if you think about it, it's basically we're all in flux. Our lives yeah. have been shifted so much that we're not quite sure what is next. And I know in the very beginning, I started grieving uh, my children's childhood because this will always yeah. be a memory. And my daughter started drawing pictures of like the virus coming after a kid who's playing outside. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, no. here we are. So I grieved that, you know, you can grieve. You can also have grief when it's something positive. Like I I think most moms, I'm going to say, I've been working with moms for 12 years. Most of us grieve the loss of our old lives, even though we love Mm -hmm. being a mom, like the, the lack of flexibility we once had, or even how we used to feel about ourselves, or maybe how Mm -hmm. our bodies changed. We grieve those things as well. So you can have positive things, rite of passages, going to college, Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, the amount of college students I've worked with that first year, they they need to grieve that things have changed, that things are different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went through that with my son last night. He was doing his homework and he's he's got quite a few academic challenges. And he, I mean, it was his first full day. And so we had to have a big conversation about it. But he basically said, high school is too hard for me. And it was a sense of grief, this loss of freedom from elementary school and even the six months of not being in class, you know, like he's, he's got a sense of loss of now he's in this new world that he's not quite ready for or doesn't feel it. And yeah, if you look at it as grief, you, it's easier to sort of figure out how you might start to process it. Yeah, and I'm, we can take it a step further and start to see that yeah. some of these things that we're seeing on the news, some of the things we're experiencing can mm. create um, minor traumas or really, I'm just going to trauma because we don't want to define it either way, but traumas for us, wearing masks yeah. and how it affects our breathing. Um, I was talking on another podcast about if you have any type of trauma related to the OR room or doctors. Mm. And here you are looking at people walking around with these masks on like they are doctors. This is like PTSD all the time. You know, it's just triggering a lot of things for people. If you have anxiety or depression and that breathing that you need to be able to take those deep breaths and you can't do that as well. So we're really triggering a lot of things in this time. Then you watch the news and you see what's happening all over the world We've got racial injustices. We've got things mm-hmm. going on with children being sold. You know, all this stuff that you're just like, what? 
And then here we are oh, it's awful. in the United States. We've got fires. We've got hurricanes coming. You know, and around the world, there are different things that are being, like, countries being impacted. And you just kind of watch and the next day go, okay, what what's next? Well, that's it. I mean, just in the last, at the time of this recording, in the last 48 hours in my sphere, there was a pure fire um, down in Seattle, a pier collapsed. There was a gondola that's a tourist attraction up here that's just had its cables severed by a vandal oh, for the second time in a year. Um, and there was something else. Like, it was just like, oh, there was a 60, 60 train car derailment yesterday. Like, it was wow. like, what is happening? Wow. Like, it just yes. all of a sudden in 48 hours, it was like, what is happening? And it just, it did feel like a lot, you know? It's so interesting because when all of this started with the virus, the pandemic, um, in the energy world, we started going like, oh, wow, what is about to come? Because Mm. the virus goes straight for your lungs first, right? Now we know that there's some cardio after side effects and how it impacts us that way, but it starts with our lungs. And in Chinese medicine, your lungs are attached to grief. And so it was amazing to, for me to have experienced in 2018, a really heavy year of grief. I actually started 2020 with the affirmation, remove urgency from my life. And then we were were stuck at home and there was nothing to be urgent about, right? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. You know, I'm, I'm going through my own journey as a healer and going, wow, okay. How I understand grief is changing in so many different ways. And then- the world is hit by something that impacts the area of our body that is connected to grief. Whether you believe that or not, it's yeah. okay. But it's just interesting to think. Well, it is really where you feel it. Yeah. Like, uh, at least for me, it's where I feel, if I get any kind of anxiety or if I have that heavy feeling about grief or about concern or anything, I feel it in my yeah. chest. It makes a lot of yeah. sense. So the, the wow. world is... I picture the earth as having like this belt around it, just being squeezed and going like, mm-hmm. how much more, how much more. Mm-hmm. And we all know that we have to experience these life challenges in order to grow. Like there's just no, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you wake up and everything is rainbows and butterflies and you've grown into that next stage of your life. You have to go <laughs> through the uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I believe that what's happening to the world, we're going to get to that place, but we have to grieve it. Or this, this is kind of like, I think about um, marriages, because as I work with couples often, especially here in Munich, and if I, if I don't have them work on the grief of a, a marriage that didn't work before they get into the next marriage, they carry mm. that baggage, they mm-hmm. carry that trauma, they carry the you know emotional issues into the new, even if it's a healthy marriage. And so as we want to grow into healthier, new versions of ourselves through this time, we have to grieve and we have to integrate the old and the new. And it's it's such an interesting process because like you said, most people aren't recognizing it's grief. And so they're not recognizing they really need to allow themselves to grieve. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Well, and before we hit record, you made a reference to we're in this and we were just talking about the pandemic and you said this new normal. And I think at the first part of the pandemic, everybody was just, it'll be over and then we'll go back. Exactly. Just a couple months and this is done. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Spanish flu lasted two years. Like it's, you know, we're in this, it is a new normal. And I think there's this phase that now people are entering into of 
oh, okay, this isn't going away. And I do need to fully adapt into what this looks like for the foreseeable future. Right, right. right? And how do I, but there's that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sort of, but acknowledging that it's trauma or grief or loss or any of those things is what you need to do to get to that next step. Right. And so the biggest piece for me is because grief is usually related to death. So then we don't, we go, oh, well, you know, there's not really been a death or I have friends or family members die during this time. What am I upset about? The other piece is we do not feel comfortable crying. And Mm. I found that living in Europe, I've met people from Asia, Australia, the Middle East, South Africa, South America, like people don't, women especially, don't enjoy crying very much. And so it, then it's the, oh, well, with grief, I actually have to feel anger and sadness. Mm-hmm. I have to feel- I have to open that door. To yeah. A feeling of depression at some point. I have to deal with the anxiety. I don't want to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. And that's really why we don't even acknowledge that this is grief because we know that it's going to take time. And it's going to take- Well, and it doesn't feel good. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny. When I was younger, I, I mean, I, I cry a lot. I'm just a crier. I always have been. My my emotions are right at the surface yep. all the time. Yep, I understand. Um, you know, I read an article yesterday, tears streaming down my face. It was a happy article. But yeah. so, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm an empath or what. But um, when I was younger, I used to actually, und- I used to know that I would feel better after a good cry. Yes. But now, as I've gotten older, it's a scarier door to open. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if it's because I'm afraid I won't stop. I don't know. Right. It's like, you know, you go to a place that you're not willing to acknowledge because it feels too big. Like right. it's, and I mean, I'm, I, I'm feeling pretty good in my life, but it's still, there's that hesitation to, and also, I mean, the kids are almost always around. So you don't want to have that, right. you know. Yes. You don't feel safe. Mommy's lost. You know, like, why is mom crying now? I mean, try being pregnant yeah. with two young kids and you're like, I'm just crying because it's, you know, oh, everything yeah. is, <laughs> everything. Well, and I cry in front of my kids and, and I'll say to them, like, unless I'm really struggling, like I will say to them, it's okay. Like it's, or my daughter will look at me and she'll say, don't cry. And I'm like, crying's totally Crying's fine. Crying's healthy. You know, it's actually okay to cry. And, you know, it's usually around some movie and she knows I'm going to lose it. And she's like, don't cry. And I'm like, hey man, crying's fine. But still I do hold back for sure. Yeah. I I think it's, it's, I'm not, I have not figured out and I would love to, you know, in another life I'll study this. What Mm. causes us to is it in the parenting we received? Is it in the messages we have mm. from society? I mean, if you look at marketing, it's all about like, be happy, eat this to be happy, drink this to be happy, go here to be happy. And it's not like, hey, it's okay to be sad. And you don't need to eat or drink anything or buy anything. You can just be sad yeah. and feel it and just sit there. But that, you know, that doesn't help with marketing, does it? <laughs> it doesn't sell anything. No, no, it doesn't make you buy something. But I wonder also, is it tied to the work world? Because I definitely know. So my previous um, employment years ago, I worked for a breast cancer foundation and we cried every day. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, you know, it was like 29 out of 30 people were women and we dealt with people being diagnosed with breast cancer. We dealt with survival, survivorship. We dealt with loss, you know, and so we literally cried every day and it was just a completely safe environment. But the, where I work now, 
it's um it's old school a little bit it's very corporate mm-hmm. um it's in the maritime industry which is a typically old school industry mm-hmm. it's changing but still typically and crying at work isn't a thing no and it's viewed as so you immediately know once you're in the work world unless you work for a breast cancer foundation (laughs) that um crying is weak crying is unprofessional um you won't be respected as much like it's you know there's these unspoken messages well and sometimes quite frankly spoken um messages that crying isn't okay. Right. I mean, and feeling those feelings at work isn't okay. So I think you must take that home with you a little bit. I mean, even we have like, you cry like a girl, you cry like a baby, like things like that, even in teenage years or middle It makes it negative. And it just makes it grieving. Part of grieving is sadness and crying. Not all times do we cry, are we grieving? But it makes it so that we attribute Grief is a bad thing. We need to hide it. We need to try mm-hmm. to do it with the bathroom door shut or whatever, you know, in the shower instead of it's actually a natural, normal, and healthy process. And we all, literally all, will grieve at some point in our lives unless you're completely detached mm-hmm. from emotions. I guess I should caveat that with like, unless you're completely detached from your emotions. Uh, sure. But we, we will because we're all going to go through life yeah. changes and challenges. Yeah. And we all have expectations of how those things will go and inevitably they will go differently. And so there's yeah. that grief of like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I expected. I wasn't prepared right. for this. Yeah. I mentally prepared for it to happen this way. Right. What the heck is this? This is not. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I referenced to last year being sort of my grief year. I lost my mom October, 2018, suddenly without any, Hey, I have health issues or anything. She Mm. just didn't wake up. Oh my gosh. And (gasps) I'm so sorry. It it was, you know, you want to talk about a time where you go, this isn't how this was supposed to go. I have two girls, two daughters, young daughters. And the person that I could come to with everything, mom, is this normal? Mom, did I do that? Oh. Oh my gosh, mom, my kids are, you know, can you Skype with them so I can get this done? Right. Oh my God. So it was teaching them about grief and me figuring it out, figuring out, you know, okay, I'm a counselor and I'm trained in this and, you know, I understand grief to be this. And then when you have that happen in 2019, Mm -hmm. we experienced two miscarriages and it was just this, like, you, you kind of go like, okay, a little bit of what's going on, not like why me, but like what's going on because this is like yeah. a triple whammy. What's going on? What the on? hell? Yeah. And you have, you have to, everybody's like, you know, I'll just be grateful for what you have. You've got two daughters. You've got this. You have to experience the negative side too. You have to complain. Yeah. You have to go, you know, what the heck is this? Why is this happening? I don't, because that's part of our natural human way of responding if we try to shoot to just finding meaning and happiness and acceptance we lose the healing process which is uncomfortable and so those life challenges really helped me see that life happens to everyone it doesn't matter i've asked my community today on facebook um why do you think bad things happen to quote good people just Mm -hmm. to kind of hear what different perspectives were And it was through my experience that I realized it doesn't matter what type of person you are. Life 
happens and life will be categorized however we want to categorize it. But my good could be your bad and my bad could be your good. You know, you go like, actually, that's a great learning experience. And I might be like, that's the worst thing ever. (laughs) I will never come back from this. So it's all subjective. But labeling it either way takes away from it's all just life. And we grow through each of those experiences in different ways. And sometimes it takes years. I mean, I've worked with people who, whether they lost a parent or identity shifts or lost a job that they could never really get over, you know, to have that happened. And it's years later that they're still holding on to the expectation of how it was supposed to be. And do you think that that's really the root of it is that expectation? I believe so. That Honestly, if I could change the definition of grief, it would talk about like, this is a journey based on our expectations of what was supposed to be and the acceptance of what is now. And it's this gap that we have to walk through without any clear direction. And it's, um, it can be really challenging, but that's why, you know, there are people like grief healers and counselors and coaches and um, people who, who understand that it's okay to cry. It's okay to sit through this and we'll sit as long as we need to. And um, as I shared, a lot of the work that I do is disconnecting from always talking from your mind's voice and Mm. starting to talk more from what's going on inside your body. Like you said, we feel it in our chest. So let's go there. Like, let's close our eyes. Let's really feel it and go, okay, lungs or heart. What is it you want me to to feel, like say right now or think, or what is it you want to teach? I usually say, what is it you want to teach me? And stuff mm. comes out, things that, you know, you wouldn't have expected from your childhood, from whatever it might be. And you thought it was just grief related to like this pandemic right now. Right. So many people are, are getting triggered from their own stuff from younger years. And they're not realizing that's the irritability you're experiencing. That's the snapping at your family a little bit more. That's the struggle. Yeah. Oh, this is fascinating. Okay, so let's let's talk about how people can work through this. Yeah, like, yeah. what are those first steps? So exactly what we said from the beginning, we have to realize that's what's going on for us. Yeah, we have to recognize that that it, label you know label it if you need to like call it grief and almost say out yeah. loud, "I am grieving." And I can't tell you how many people I've been working with recently who've like, once they said that, like the tears just started because it was like, the body was like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in and understanding. The next thing is to just start to see like, what is it that's causing you grief? Um, There was a point at the beginning of the pandemic where, you know, everybody's buying all the toilet paper, everybody's buying all the stuff. And my husband, we chose for my husband to go out and do the grocery shopping and um, he's an essential worker. So he was able to go to work and we said, okay, I will stay home with the kids. Uh, you, you be the one who exposes yourself only. And we, we kind of stay in our bubble. Mm-hmm. And I remember him bringing the food home and going, um, if this is awesome, if this could last us two weeks, because that is not an experience I want to go back into. It's oh yeah. Hard. And I was like, I'm with you. But I had times in my teenage years with my mom and um, she was going through law school. And so financially, we were in a bit of hardship where it was like, hey, mom, do we have something other than ramen? And she's like, mm, not for the next couple of weeks. You got to just live off. Of, like, uh, you know, like there's that piece where you go like, I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. Had I forgotten right? about that? And then here we were. And I was like, 
that second week where it's, we're only living on pasta. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, what's happening inside of me. And I had to stop and go, Oh my gosh, I, I forgot about that. And I needed to grieve yeah. that piece and go, Hey, she was doing the best she could. And we're doing yeah. the best we can right now. And, and honestly, we could go grocery shopping at any point right now. And this is purely a personal issue of like, oh, I don't really mm-hmm. want to go out into that. Cause it's a bit dramatic. It is. Um, yeah, absolutely. But that, I, there are so many stories like that of like, oh, this is really kicking up for me, this in my childhood or this, you know, even f- people who've lost their jobs don't know how they're going to pay their bills, you know, pay for their apartment. And maybe they grew up with money issues as well. And it's like, yeah. how do we make ends meet? Um, it, so it, it's claim it, recognize where it's coming from. Is it the fear of, of not having control? Or, yeah. you know, I don't like who I'm becoming. Oh, I went through a phase of this whole time with that where I'm like, I don't like who I'm becoming right now because you just start <laughs> to get so uncomfortable that you, you get reactive. And I, and I was pregnant in my first trimester. So let's be honest, that's, you know, right. you're, you're not yeah. going to be at your best anyways. But it was, um, yeah, it was just a time where I had to go like, I don't really like who I'm becoming. Hold on. I have control over that piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how do I want to show up? Yeah, and then the next thing is yeah. is what you you teach about is self care. Then we yeah. have to start to do the grief work, which involves taking care of ourselves and allowing for it, mm-hmm. and creating space to grieve. And that might mean after the kids go to bed. That might mean you know whatever whatever it looks like for you. If you're comfortable being emotional in front of your kids to some degree, and I think it's a great as you shared like a teaching experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that grief needs to come out through journaling, through talking to someone. Well, I was going to say that it doesn't necessarily have to be, okay, the kids are in bed. Now I can cry. It doesn't have to be <laughs> it's like, like, it doesn't have to be crying, right. but journaling can help you process. Oh goodness, and like you said, meditation and stuff like that can help you process. And it might lead to crying or it might not. It just might help put things into perspective, right? Exactly. So on on my website, I created um, a guided meditation on like letting go of one false belief. Because Mm. often when we're going through grief, there's a lot of false beliefs. Like I Mm -hmm. shouldn't be grieving this much. I should not cry this much. I'm not crying enough. I, you know, all the things that society starts to tell us, I should keep myself busy. So I don't think about it. Actually, I'm too busy. I need to do less. So mm-hmm. whatever your false belief is around whatever it is in your life, fear of failure, you know, fear of, um, of the anxiety that comes up for you, whatever it might be, the guided meditation takes you through releasing one of those false beliefs and teaches you how to do it so then you can repeat it. And it's such a great tool of feeling relaxed, checking in with yourself, recognizing what is one limiting piece that's holding you back from healing and a healthier life. And teaches you, okay, now we're going to let it go. I'm going to show you how to. We let it go visually, emotionally, mentally. Um, And then you have this after effect of just like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much, you know, it it makes you emotional because you don't realize how much it was weighing on you until Mm -hmm. you release it. So I'll make sure you have a link for that. Um, But it's- Thank you. I think guided meditations are heavenly because it's just- I mean, if anything, you just focus on your breathing is so wonderful, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, relaxing, mm-hmm. taking some time to just um, you know, have a, we're going into fall, a warm cup of tea and actually mm. enjoy it. And like that practice of mindfulness, 
when I worked with mm-hmm. teenagers, they always loved when we would talk about mindfulness in our, our group sessions, I'd give them all a piece of chocolate and I'd be like, don't open it. Just look at it. Describe it to me. And they'd be like, oh, it's a gold wrapper, a little crinkly, it's foil. You know, they'd describe it. I'd say, open it. Now look at the chocolate. Describe it. So they're describing it. And they're like, can we eat it? Can we eat it? I'm like, guys, <laughs> And I'd be like, okay, one little bite. Just take a bite. And I want you to describe what that felt like when you took a bite. What do you taste? And that practice is, is mindfulness. And mm-hmm. we always think it's like, take the bite, eat, 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 and like be in the moment. No, it's the whole practice <laughs> of like, well, and so I usually use food with people because it's the easiest thing for them to understand. Like mm-hmm. take that bite, experience it, describe it for yourself because you're not thinking about anything else in the moment when you're having to focus and describe on that one thing. So it's the same thing with your kids. Stop right now. If they're younger, color with them. Pick mm. that blue crayon and color the sky. And talk about, I'm coloring the sky right now. This is blue sky. Why do you think the sky is blue? You know, be Mm. mindful and present with them. And you will find self-care doesn't have to be kid-free moments. It can Mm -hmm. involve your kids. Put on music. Oh, I love this. Put on music that you used to love as a teenager. That you've got Mm -hmm. that nostalgic, you know, you put it on and you're like, oh my God, I'm transported back. Put it on Mm -hmm. even with your kids around and just dance and sing. Oh, totally. Have fun. And if you're able to drive where you are right now, blast it in the car. We call it jam yeah. out. My kids are like, roll down the windows. Let's jam out. I'm like, oh my God, I love nice. little American kids in Germany. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Everybody has their windows up and I'm like, we're, we're jamming out. But, yeah. So self-care is, is so diverse. It's exactly what you need it to be. Self-care yeah. isn't things that help you to continue to avoid and escape. Mm, and right. It's not the numbing people. activities. Exactly. It's not unhealthy. Yeah. And self-care also can be uncomfortable because sometimes it is that journaling and, and thinking about the things that upset you because you really need to heal from it. Um, well, and- it's taking care of yourself by definition. Yes. And sometimes in order to take care of yourself, you have to address the stuff. Right. You know, the big stuff. Right. It's yeah. not always a spa day. I'm sorry. Sometimes it is. Yeah, the, which would be amazing. Know, <laughs> like, I'm grief healing today. I'm going to go get a massage yeah. and chiropractor. And like, nope. <laughs> yeah, totally. Dealing with the tough things. But I, I always think about the fact that, you know, there's this um, quote that's going around where it's like, you know, sometimes you feel like you're near, you're in the darkness, but you're a seed being planted in the soil. And it's just going to take mm-hmm. time for you to grow. It's the reminder that, there is darkness and there is light. We have to go through the muck and the, you know, the mud to get to the lotus. We have totally. to experience the darkness of the soil to be able to see the sunlight. This is normal. And nature teaches us sunrise, sunset. There are beginnings, there are ends. There are difficult times and then there are beautiful times. It's just normal. It's all part part of life. Totally. Totally. I heard another one. It was like, the caterpillar doesn't just build the cocoon, grow wings and fly out. It actually melts into a big pile of goo before it becomes the butterfly. Oh my goodness. If you really study like what happens, you'll be like, oh wow. Okay. And this whole like, I'm just a butterfly with my wing. Like, do you know what you went through then? Because Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I think overall, you know, again, it's, it's recognizing it's grief recognizing where it may be coming from or what's triggering it repeatedly. Yeah. Um, and be, don't judge yourself for that. Be comfortable, whatever it is, just allow it to be. Uh, and it can be like, I have no control right now and I actually have control issues. And that really bothers me. Don't judge it. 
but let's right. be real moms. We're probably, there's a lot of us. <laughs> there's a lot of us in that yeah. department. And then third oh, yeah. is the self-care. And whether that okay. is, um, it, and it might involve for a period of time talking to someone and just saying, mm-hmm. absolutely, I need someone to be present and witness what's going on inside of me without any judgment, without any advice, mm-hmm. without it, whatever it might be. And if you've got some tools that can help me, I, I want that too. But you have mm-hmm. to be ready for that. And everybody knows when they're ready to actually talk to someone or whatever, again, whatever right. self-care activity you need to do. Um, I At the beginning of this year, I had this, I'd already started studying teas as a natural way of helping you through different stages of grief. Because again, mm. going through my own stuff, I was like, you know, let me just see. Because of course, love talk therapy totally understand some people need to be on medication, not against this. Mm -hmm. I understand it scientifically, but I also understand there's some science behind some natural remedies. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me start studying. So I started doing teas and then I started doing essential oils. And what are the things when we get into that, you know, like, I don't know if you've experienced with grief, um, when you first learn about something and physically you feel the shock, like your body Mm -hmm. goes numb, the tingling and everything. And it was, how do I help somebody when, um, when the trauma is like the PTSD, when you start to have that memory again and you're back there and you feel it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I, as I started researching and, and studying these things, I learned like, oh my gosh, there's so many natural ways to do this, but mm-hmm. we're immediately going to, you know, Xanax or something else that like, again, there are some people who really need that, but it, it would be great to try to see what else is there first. Totally. Before we go the chemical way. And so I, I was able to create this guide from all this research I'd done for well over a year because I started actually in 2019 studying it. And then this year I had a lot of time, mm. so I had more time to <laughs> study it, um, of a guide with 30 different ways. And it involves different foods. Like you wouldn't think about this. Like, hey, there's certain foods that actually help release the toxins that stress cause in your body. Oh, wow. So, you know, it has all of these things in this guide. So I'll make sure you have the link for that as well. But it's awesome. this resource. I realize like people just need to know like there are naturally things already out there to help them. And it's, yeah. um, you know, sometimes people get a little funny about like natural ways. And I'm like, oh, no, I love it. It's, it's totally my like, jam. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it makes sense. What did they do before medicines? Like there, there's a great need for medicines in many different ways, but why not? do the steps towards that first. Absolutely. And, or even complimentary, you know, or as you are weaning off, if that's your decision, you know, absolutely. I think, I mean, I'm, I love essential oils. I don't know that I'm using them right. I just, (laughs) and it might be a placebo. I look on Pinterest and I say, okay, I need a diffuser blend for mental clarity or, you know, positive energy or something like that. And then I do feel better. And maybe it's totally just mindset or maybe there is something in the sense I've chosen, but I, I love that stuff. I love teas. I love, you know, creams and lotions with the right scent in them, you know, absolutely. I mean, and there's, again, there's science behind that. They've they've studied peppermint Mm -hmm. and test taking. They've studied lavender and sleep and, and mm-hmm. a variety of, I mean, I know, I know there's probably essential oil experts that are like, actually, <laughs> there's way more to each of those, 100%. <laughs> of course, of but course. It's just, there, there is science behind it. So yeah. we can use those things and feel confident in what we're using. And there is science behind meditation. I mean, they're finding those who like Buddhist monks who've been meditating since childhood 
have brains that are younger than the age they think they mm-hmm. are. And it's just amazing. Like you just think, wow, just yep. the impact of our habits. It's so true. I, I desperately want to make meditation a habit. Yeah. Guided meditation is the only way I can actually do it um, because it's something to listen to, yeah. right? And focus on. But I I know the benefits of it. It's, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm on this sabbatical right now and I'm hoping that during the sabbatical, I actually have the capacity to <laughs> make it a habit right. so that when I go back to work, it's already ingrained. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so I have three questions that I ask everybody. I think you've answered the self-care <laughs> one uh, very, very well. So um, I will start with the balance question. How do you define balance or do you even define balance for yourself and your family? That's a wonderful question. And I um, I will say how I don't define balance. I do not define mm-hmm. balance okay. 50-50. Yes, 100%. So yeah. there are times in our lives where um, maybe the the work side of what we need to do is has a higher percentage and and the home side is different but then there if you have a partner sometimes you balance each other out with okay well I mm-hmm. can step up more in these ways um, but balance to me is about how you feel how healthy you feel and if you feel mm-hmm. unstable or unhealthy then there's an imbalance occurring uh, so it's totally a very subjective yeah. experience I think balances but I would say for me, it's definitely not 50-50 and it's usually me checking in and going, I feel really balanced right now. (laughs) When was the last time I did something for me? Or when was the last time I did something for my marriage? Or, you know, am I really in the work that I do? Am I focusing where I want to be focusing or am I focusing where everybody tells me I need to focus? And so I look at all those areas to kind of understand balance better. Yeah, it's all—it's the asking the question of where do I not feel balanced yes. more so than the effort to become balanced. Yeah, you know? yeah, completely. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, what is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Hmm. The biggest lesson I have learned as a mom is that I am perfectly imperfect, and that is a beautiful thing. Hmm. And hmm. I've learned how to accept that. In the very beginning, you know, you just think, oh, look at this, this Pinterest stuff and look at this and that and look at that mom and this mom and it's easy right. to compare. And I realized um, there's some beauty in being imperfect because sometimes you just like, you know, kind of do something off the cuff and go like, let's just try this and it works. And you're like, I'm genius. And in reality, yeah. a little bit of it's just of it is just the like, oh, wow, that worked out by chance. <laughs> um, and that's that's awesome. Um, and because of that, I'm willing to learn constantly because I know I'm imperfect. So I I want to learn knowing I will always be learning because I will always be, it'll always be my first time to be a mom of a seven-year-old and a mom of an eight-year-old, you know, a teenager and every kid. Well, and a mom of that eight-year-old too, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Every kid's different. So it will be, um, a new six. It's always a first. Yes. Yeah, And so as soon as I let myself off the hook of, um, I need to have it all figured out. Yeah. I kind of just like enjoyed the whole process a lot more. I still, you know, awesome. still get stressed and frustrated, but there isn't this like beating myself up piece to it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of escape the comparison game and, and let go of some of those expectations like we were talking right. about. Like I totally yeah. respect and love the moms who have like, 
got it together, have crafts for the right. kids every day, have it, you know, perfect snacks and all this. Amazing. I respect you. That's not my gifting. And I'm actually cool with that, you know, like, <laughs> nice. and, yeah. and, and I hope that they can respect me for my giftings, what I'm really good at, you know, yeah. I can read an awesome story with all sorts of different voices and, you know, like that's my nice. skill set or I'll color with you or play Uno till the gals come home. But yeah. I'm, I'm not some of the other things and that's okay. Totally. Totally. Awesome. Now, how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, Katie Russler, and that's R-O-S-S-L-E-R.com. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram at Katie.Russler, um, also on Facebook. Um, but I'd say the website's the best place because you're going to find the meditation there and the guide awesome. resources. And I have a variety of courses. I know you, you've already searched on the website, but there's, <laughs> I, for two years, I've been working with couples. So I have courses on healthy arguing, how to kid-proof your marriage. Mm. I have things for moms, for moms who are stay-at-home moms and working moms, how to have better work-life balance. So it was great. We were talking about balance. Um, Mm -hmm. And then with grief in November, which hopefully as you're listening to this, it's still enough time. I'll be supporting um, men and women through a three-week group about grief during the holidays. And, you know, many mm. have experiences, lo- losses or life challenges or moves in this last year, and they're not quite sure how to navigate the holidays. So I'm going to be teaching mm-hmm. people how to do that. And, and not so much as a purely as a grief healer, but from the psychology standpoint, how to have healthy boundaries with your family members, how to simplify yeah. your schedule and say no to some of those obligations, uh, how to feel comfortable with those things. And then the self-care piece that we have to do in grief. Mm-hmm. So that'll be in November. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, as you said, you will send me the links and we will post them in the show notes for all of it, because I think the work you're doing is so massively important and I know people are going to want to connect with you. So thank you so much for being a guest and for this conversation. I do think it, like I said, it is so important and it's a perspective that I don't think people have necessarily connected to yet in this world we're in right Right. now. And so I, I hope this is, I know this will prove hugely helpful and valuable for people. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you very much. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.